With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Tinderbox, episode 11. We are the podcast for Matchsticks and Gasoline, the Calgary Flames website for SB Nation. Tonight we are doing another team takeover. We are talking with Taylor from Defending Big D, the Dallas Stars website for SB Nation, ahead of the Calgary Flames and Dallas Stars game this week. Taylor, thank you so much for taking a few moments to join us tonight. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. No problem. So let's hop right in. Uh, Dallas, uh, looking at their record, 8-8-2. Eight, eight, and two. Look, you know, that's average. That's not bad. But when you think about where Dallas has come from at the start of the season, 8-8-2 uh, eight, 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 and two has to be uh, not so bad, seeing you guys started 1-7-1. and one. Absolutely. Um, I think that when you look at how well they've been able to climb out of that massive deficit and kind of get themselves back to even I mean all credit to the team for that but I think Jason Dickinson kind of put it perfectly the other night after a game and he said okay now we're back to 500 but you know the work's not done we got to keep we got to keep climbing you know we got to we got to keep going and try to get ourselves to the top and you know I think it'll be interesting to see if they can continue a pace um, of you know seven one and one I think in their last nine so It'll be interesting for sure. Yeah, that's, I mean, to be able to come back from a start like that is pretty amazing. A lot of teams, when you get in a funk like that, that tends to carry out over the season. I mean, those are starts that get coaches fired and players traded and GMs let go. So, you know, kudos to you guys. Seven, one, and one in your last nine. Not bad at all after that terrible start. What do you think contributed to that start for Dallas? You know, I think it was a combination of a few things. Um, You know, Joe Pavelski and Corey Perry were signed in the offseason. And while those are both guys that have historically done pretty well for themselves on the offensive side of the game, they also did it within one franchise, one city. Um, And I think people kind of maybe underestimated how long it would take for them to come in, learn a new system and get comfortable enough to actually start contributing meaningfully. Um, So you had that. And then you had um, the coaching staff who I think they kind of looked at how they had to play down the stretch of the season last year um, to get into the playoffs. You know, they really buttoned up defensively and tried to take advantage of those people um, when they made mistakes, um, not necessarily lighting the world on fire offensively, um, but really locking it down defensively. And then I think they kind of maybe took it a little too far. And I think uh, head coach Jim Montgomery in his second year here, actually came out and said that he he said once this team finally got a break um of a couple of days he said I think maybe we were we were preaching too defensive and it and it kind of got into the heads a little bit and then you have guys like Tyler Sagan and Jamie Ben here writing career low shooting percentages uh Ben Bishop and Anton Kudobin came out and kind of looked a little bit more human and then you know so you kind of had a whole ball of things kind of playing into each other and then I think what happened to really spark that turnaround 
um, I think they finally said, screw it. We just got to go out there and play to our identity and stop trying to play and react to the people across from us. So they started to kind of impose their will a little bit. And I think if you go back to the the start of this stretch, it began in a game where they actually were down 3 nothing to the Minnesota Wild. And when you talk about a 1-7-1 and one stretch is the type that gets coaches fired, I'm pretty confident that had Dallas not won that game that night um, and on a six-goal six uh, comeback, I do believe that somebody's head would have rolled that night. Um, so, yeah, so I think that they started to kind of open up a little bit more offensively. They've been doing actually quite well on, in that regard. Um, a lot fewer 2-1 games, and they're losing when they do lose here recently they're at least losing in a fun way fair enough i mean you talked about team identity i always looked at dallas and calgary games which were from the flames perspective brutal uh they were two to one one to nothing you got lucky if you got a three to two type game um just dallas you know just playing a very slow physical game um holding the flames up in the neutral zone and i always i always pictured that as dallas's identity as a team that's you're not going to run and gun with Dallas. And if you don't score early, they're a team that shuts you down because they do play so well defensively. Um, I mean, your defense, you guys are allowing the the third best, uh, best worst. I forgot how you, how you want to terminate, but uh, you're only allowing 2.4 goals a game, which is great. That's third best in the NHL. However, offensively, you guys are uh, a little bit down towards the bottom there. You guys are 29th in the league at 2.39 goals per game. So defensively still, solid team, but it sounds like the offense may be coming around as well. Well, I think so. Cause I think if you had, if you had looked at it after those first eight games or nine games of the season, <laughs> I think it was a sub two zero um, goal <laughs> per you'd, game. You'd have killed for 29th place in the NHL. <laughs> Would in have absolutely four. just done dances. Um, yeah. yeah. So, and then I think that what is interesting about the Montgomery system and the way it's, kind of played out over the course of the end of last year and, and into this year is while they don't necessarily put up a high volume of shots on you, the chances that they tend to get tend to actually be of the high high scoring chance variety. So it's like they're kind of picking their moments almost a little bit. And yep. so, of course, you know, when you look at a lot of the advanced statistics, and I think they're coming along and you're starting to see things get a little bit more refined and kind of taking out some of the noise, so to speak, you know, those point shots that are never going to get through unless you're John Klingberg occasionally. Um, You know, they just like, they're not going to ever light it up in that, in that way. They're never going to be a high event team. I don't think. Um, But at the same time, I would say over the last, eight or so games and while maybe the numbers don't bear it out it sure feels like they've put up more well when you talk about you know picking your spots and taking quality shots over quantity i think the flames could probably uh take a page from that book as calgary loves to shoot from the point and miss by about seven feet so maybe if uh, they took a little bit of that dallas you know let's be a little picky about where we shoot from and not just try to put it on net to put it on net maybe calgary would be better off i don't know so so it sounds like things the the ship is starting to get righted in Dallas. But when you talk about uh, Dallas and Calgary, um, for a long time, Calgary couldn't win in Dallas. And Calgary has still struggled with Dallas in Calgary. You guys have won seven out of the last 10 trips to the Saddledome. Uh, 
What is it about the Flames that uh, Dallas likes? Seems like it's easy pickings for them. I don't know. I think maybe part of it might be that Calgary kind of feels a little bit like Dallas in the sense of, or Texas in general, I guess I should say, because if you, if you ask me, I feel like Calgary is more the Houston of Canada. Um, they almost were they, so they, Dallas. They could have been the Houston Flames <laughs> at one point. <laughs> Correct. Um, but I think like the people, uh, you know, kind of similar mentality, that kind of Southern hospitality, and while that seems kind of silly to say, I mean, I mean, if you kind of feel like you're at home almost, you know, even though you're on the road because the people are kind of similar and similar values and, you know, mannerisms and things like that. I mean, I went to Calgary, gosh, I went to the Saddle Dome back in 2011, maybe. Mm-hmm. It's been a little bit, but it's been a few years, but. It was my first ever hockey road trip, and we went. We did Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver, and Calgary to this day is still the one when people ask me which was your favorite. I say Calgary. It's not because the arena is cool. It's not because you know it's the best barn in the NHL. It's because I met some of the coolest people. Um, I mean, just smart uh, about their hockey team. Very realistic fans, I would say. I think that year it was it was not great for either one of our teams. Um, and they, they, and I just laughed because this older gentleman was sitting behind me and he goes, you know, as the team, as Dallas tied it up and we were going to overtime, he goes, don't worry, we're not good in overtime. <laughs> and then, and then it, and then I was like, well, we're not that great either. And then, it, and then we get ready for the shootout and he goes, and we're even worse than the shootout. And sure enough, we ended up winning and, and it kind of, it, it always makes me chuckle when I think about that. Um, but then also to go in wearing an opponent opposing Jersey. Um, I had people, uh, the usher at, at the saddle dome was probably the nicest person I've ever met that has worked for a sports team. He was like, okay, put your stuff down. Don't worry about your coach. Like I got you. And he said, you're going to go around here and you're going to talk to this person and they're going to get you your beer. And then you're going to go to the left here. You're going to go upstairs. You're going to go to this bar and you're going to order this beer. Like, I mean, just hands down the best experience. And so I think Dallas fans in a lot of ways are similar in that, you know, when people come to our arena, unless you're a really uh, jerk face Chicago fan, we tend to, you know, kind of welcome you and just be like, hey, we hope you have a good time. And, you know, we give you recommendations on places to go and eat and things to do and what to see and things like that. So I think it's maybe a comfort level that you maybe don't get in other arenas. Fair enough. I can see that. Good or bad, I guess. No, that's good because your your Calgary uh, experience as an opposing fan as to me when I go see the Flames play in Boston every year is a completely different scenario. They they are completely different experiences. So that's good to hear, at least for you. So um, while we're we're talking experiences, Dallas gets an outdoor game this year. Um, You guys are in the battle of, how are we going to say this nicely? Uh, You guys are in like the non-traditional... who has the better of the worst two uniforms for an outdoor game? And uh, we voted at Matchsticks, and uh, you guys definitely have the better of the two uniforms because we've all agreed Nashville has never put together a good uniform ever. Um, so, uh, what is uh, what is uh, what are the thoughts about uh, Dallas's uh, look for um, the uh, Winter Classic? What's the response been? I mean, 
Personally, uh, from everything that we have seen, uh, it's been generally fairly positive um, and not in the, oh, well, they're better than these worst two jerseys. It's, <laughs> it's um, I mean, I think that most people recognize that Dallas as an organization, you know, granted, I mean, our history goes back to 1960s, whatever, whenever Minnesota, whenever it was originally the Minnesota North Stars. So it's not yep. that we don't have history to draw from. It's just that we wanted to take it. We wanted to celebrate hockey in Texas. I think people don't realize um, how deeply rooted the, the game actually is here in this state. I mean, we had professional hockey back in the 40s. So yep. it's not it's not like it's an unknown or foreign quantity here. Um, and so I think they wanted to recognize that. But at the same time, just, you know, I mean – continue to build on and move forward as a franchise. I mean, yeah, everybody, we kind of joked and we said we would have loved to see a North Stars jersey, mainly because I really, really, really wanted to see the saltiness of the Minnesota Wild fans when Dallas actually wore their own heritage um, and not, uh, you know, unfortunately they seem to think that it belongs to the state of Minnesota and it does not – and so I really kind of am sad that we missed out on all of those reactions because it would have been fun to watch Minnesota implode. But um, <laughs> at the same time, I think that I think that they did a pretty good job of 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 tipping their cap to the past, but still, you know, maintaining their current color scheme. And I mean, when you think yeah. about it, our our branding, our current branding, isn't that old. Um, they just rebranded, you know six, seven years ago in, in the yep. grand scheme, that's not very long. So you've got, you know, you've got, uh, a, you've got a good, a good look. And I, you know, I think that also when you look at the, the winter classic as a whole and the veracity of the fans in terms of ticket spot and in terms of Jersey sold, um, you know, I think that people have been underestimating Texas for a very long time when it comes to hockey, and I get, I get it, and I understand why. But you know, I think it's also kind of mean to like just demean everything that hockey fans down here do um, and how they support their team. And I think that this has been an opportunity not just for the Dallas Stars to go on the national stage and across the league and say, you know, we're here and we can do this and we're successful, et cetera, but also for the fans to stand up and say, you know, basically, screw you guys. We're here. Like, we do exist. Thanks for coming. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, and I think the fact that we've set records in terms of the Winter Classic that the NHL has come out and said, you know, I mean, we sold 86,000 seats to the Cotton Bowl, and I don't think Which that anybody crazy. thought that Dallas was ever going to sell that many. Um, but it's not just Dallas, it's also Nashville. I think that both fan bases are, are kind of looking at this and going, hey, you know, let's celebrate the fact that you've got two very successful franchises and what they've been able to build in their respective cities. And, you know, yeah, we're taking it outdoors. And to be honest with you, today was colder here in Dallas than it was in Calgary. So, um, you know, I think people kind of forget that Dallas can get cold too. Um yep. So let's take it outside. And yeah, we didn't grow up playing it that way because it's unbelievably hot here during the summers and, you know, pretty mild during the winters. But at the same time, like, what does it matter? I guess this is always my question of 
Why yeah. did you care? No, I think it's great because I think, you know, what people would sometimes think as I'm using the air quotes, non-traditional hockey markets, you know, places like Tampa, you know, Tampa has been successful. Um, San Jose, L.A., uh, Vegas has taken off like gangbusters. You know, Dallas, you guys did very well uh, when you guys got, you know, when the Minnesota moved down there. So it's not like Dallas all of us like some tiny little small. It's also not a small media market in the States either. You know, so it's oh, I think, yeah. it, you know, so I think it's people i think once they step back a little bit and look at it and be like look hockey is here to stay in some places where 20 years ago you might have been like all right this will last a couple of years and then it will you know fail and move on but i think you know you guys have done great you know and I'm, when they put out the stuff like the uniforms i was like dude i love the khaki gloves and the khaki short type look i think it's i think it's fantastic it's you didn't do the constellation uh is it the the brahma bull from the uh, the Mooter, yes. The Mooters is the t- most terrible jersey that Dallas has ever made. It is awful. I will hear no arguments otherwise. And yes, it looks like an actual female anatomy part. And that to me just proves that NHL teams need more women in their front offices when they're making these decisions because we would have stood up and gone, no, you're not no. doing that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, so now I, I will never, ever, 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 ever be able to get that image out of my mind now. So I, I owe you one. You can't. Once you, you see it, I'm not even looking at it right now and it's burned in right now. I can totally picture it. I'm yep. like, oh, it's, an, it's anatomy from sixth grade. Fantastic. This is awesome. So, yeah, no, I think it's great. You know, that that that's was definitely great. a uh, that's a dark time in um, NHL fashion for sure. So now that we've gotten that all out of the way, just um, anything we haven't covered that Flames fans might want to know about the Stars as uh, Calgary finally gets back to play this week. Oh, man, things you don't know about Dallas that you might want to know. Um, I mean, I guess currently I would say that Dallas is kind of under – they're in the midst of a lot of injuries, actually, right at this moment. Um, John Klingberg is out for two to four weeks after um, – suffering a lower body injury against the Colorado Avalanche last week. And then Rube Hintz is, I mean, you guys are going to actually kind of miss out on, on some of our young, young, fast, speedy guys. Um, And, you know, I'm going to actually, this brings me to a point I meant to bring up earlier. You kind of talked about how Dallas has this identity and you don't want to run and gun with them, but I would actually argue that they have different lines that can actually wear you down in different ways. Um, when Hintz was in the lineup, you had Hintz and Gurionov who are fast and speedy and can get behind you quicker than you know how to, like, before you can turn around. And then when they paired that with Joe Pavelski's hockey IQ and his ability to make plays, I mean, that team was just on fire, or that line, um, was on fire. And But then you have a line like Fox, Cogliano, and Como, who can come out and just absolutely grind you into the ground, um, you know, and really apply that heavy forecheck and really, you know, really make you have to work for it to get it out of your own zone. And then that kind of leaves guys tired. And, and then they can bring on that next wave of speediness or that skill with Sagan, even though I know Sagan and Ben are struggling right now. I mean, they're still really good and you still have to factor them in. And I think, I think what people don't realize is Dallas has finally has finally found a second line. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> the injuries just keep on coming. Um, but you know, a lot of them are kind of short term. So hopefully, 
the next time that we guys uh, meet up with you on the schedule, you'll be able to see Dallas at full force. Oh, yeah, that'll be great. Calgary loves turning the puck over. Can't wait. So, well, Taylor, <laughs> Taylor thank you for taking a couple well, minutes. You're going to gonna come have on. a rough night tomorrow night or Wednesday night, I guess, um, when uh, Dallas is pretty relentless on the puck. So if you turn it over, they're going to yeah. they're going to take it and they're going to turn it up ice on you. So, yeah, yeah, uh, we, hopefully we, we... they limit that. Yeah, Johnny Hockey's been struggling a little bit with uh, turnovers and TJ Brody is a turnover machine. So this. Uh... So anyway, but Johnny like Hockey be... likes to score against Dallas, so maybe this he is does. exactly what uh, he needs, right? He, he could use a little, uh, he could use a little giddy up to uh, get his game back on track. So uh, Taylor, thank know. you, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on and talking a little bit about the Dallas Stars before the Flames and Stars this week. Yeah, thank you for having me. Anytime. You guys can find Taylor and all of your Dallas Stars information on Twitter at at defending big d or at their website www.defendingbigd.com they are once again the dallas stars coverage for sb nation you have been listening to the tinderbox we are the matchsticks and gasoline podcast for the calgary flames part of sb nation thank you so much for listening and don't forget to download this podcast at itunes spotify iHeartRadio, and google podcast we will talk to you next time